Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to Love of the Star. I am Bobby Belt, joined as always by former NFL scout, Super Bowl winning NFL scout. I always got to put that in there. Long Brian time Broaddus. ago, Robert. You Long be, time ago. It doesn't matter. It, it's you. You have won a Super Bowl more recently than these Dallas Cowboys, Brian. That's true. So you that you can true. you can one up them. So how about uh, the same time? I got my ass kicked a lot by these Dallas Cowboys, though. <laughs> so. Yeah, to get one out of that era, man, oh, we just – you kind of thought – I'll tell you what real quick, Bob. Mm-hmm. When when that Carolina – I remember Bob Harlan, the president of the Packers. Dallas was playing in Carolina, and we were playing the 49ers. And I remember Mr. Harlan, the president of the team, and he goes, man, we're finally going to get Dallas here in a, in a championship game. We're finally going to get to – and I, I looked at him, I said, Mr. Harlan, no disrespect, sir, but we have never beaten the Dallas Cowboys since I've been here. And I go, I don't know. I would rather take my chances with the Carolina Panthers, who are an expansion team and, and all that. But, yeah, when when it was funny because when that team lost in Carolina, it was almost like Troy Aikman at the end just gave up. It's mm-hmm. like the interception, the injuries were hitting – it was just really the shell of a team is really what it was. So, uh, you know, man, it was kind of a – in a way, it was good for the Packers and the 49ers and others because that team – I think that team, the way it was structured, man, it could have it could have just kept going and going and going if egos just wouldn't have gotten away there for sure. That, yeah. was, that was a tough team to play. That Dallas team – those teams were tough. We had no problem with San Francisco. We had huge problems 
with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm curious from your perspective, being in, in those NFL, you know, discussions, the, those team discussions and understanding where you are, you know, when, when teams walk into, we always hear teams talking so optimistically, uh, we think we match up well, blah, blah, blah. Do teams yeah. know a lot of times when they head into a game, like we're not going to win this game. Like, like do yeah, they have no, that consciousness? Yeah. Great example. When we beat San Francisco, you know, it's a huge upset, you know, for us to go and win the game. And then the championship game, we've got to go to Dallas to play. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking past Reggie White's locker in, in Candlestick Park. And, you know, everybody was excited and motivated and, you know, yeah, we're going to play the cow, you know. And Reggie White was just peeling his tape off. And, and I go, I go, Rev, what's up? You good? He goes, no, nah, not really. And I go, well, we just won. You know, we, we just we're going in NFC Championship game. He goes, got to play Eric Williams. He goes, I, I I don't like playing Eric Williams. I just don't like playing Eric Williams. And and I started to think about it, and that's the first time that I ever saw Reggie White not be enthusiastic about playing a football game. He knew what he was up against playing against a guy like Eric Williams who wasn't a conventional offensive tackle at all. Eric was a, a, a puncher, a grabber, uh, you know, thumb in the eye guy, uh, thumb in the throat, grab the neck, uh, you know, punching the ribs. Eric wasn't a traditional tackle. And Reggie always felt like if he played against a guy that kind of was a traditional player, that he would always have a, a really good chance of having success. But with Eric, it was totally different. There was Eric would do anything to win on that rep. And again, I've never seen the great Reggie White. Just, just you could tell. I mean, he was so down about having to play against this guy. And that's, but that's that was the Cowboys in whole. That was mm-hmm. the Cowboys of the early '90s that you knew when you were playing them. Yeah, okay. Well, you can you stop in it. Oh, great. They throw the ball to Michael Irvin for, or they throw it to Alvin Harper, or they throw it to uh, to Jay Novacek, or they th- you know, uh, you know, Daryl Johnston gets something. I mean, they when you felt like you stopped one, you had five or six others that you had to deal with, whether that was offensively or defensively. It was just a terrible, terrible matchup for us in Green Bay. And uh, it's funny you bring up Eric Williams because I think a lot of this offseason for the Cowboys was obviously, I mean, Eric Williams, pre-car accident in 1994, he was a Hall of Fame Ooh. tackle. Um, and and so you, we're not talking about necessarily, well, we want to go out and acquire a bunch of Hall of Famers. But I think a big push for the team this offseason was let's acquire nasty, like Eric yeah. Williams. Not that they had Eric Williams in mind, but that's the type of player they were really looking sure. for this offseason. I think they want meaner, they want tougher, they want nastier. And... I, I want to kick off today this, you know, as we open up, I want to talk about some of these positions that we think are actually unsettled, where there's real competition and where there isn't. I know that you feel like if Tyler Smith doesn't start at left guard, you would like him to have a competition at right tackle. I know that's what you'd like. Do you actually think the Cowboys would open it up, though? Because I, I have a feeling like that's Terrence Steele's job, and, and I don't think they're opening yeah. that one up. I, You know what, though, Bobby? I, I don't want the learning curve – Okay, if Tyler Smith has to step in and play left tackle, I don't want it to be because he's it's just it's cold. It's just a cold, you know, way we're in week seven, you know, Tyron Smith, lower back tightness, didn't practice all week, gonna miss game, gonna miss another game, you know, that kind of thing. 
I don't want Tyler Smith to have to step in there and that be his first start. I really mm-hmm. don't. Me personally, I think that Tyler Smith is a better player than what Terrence Steele is at tackle. I and I, Terrence Steele has come a long, long way, you know. But to me, Terrence Steele doesn't have any competition at tackle. You know, uh, we'll see what with Ball and Let's Go and those guys. We'll see. But there's really not any competition for him at head spot. And if they're going to go ahead and and make okay make if you're if you're comfortable with Terrence playing right tackle, which they obviously are, make some competition over there. But make it to a point where Smith's getting work at left guard. If he doesn't win that job at left guard, make him the swing offensive lineman. Other than the center part, other than center, he could play all the spots. Okay, so to me. I'm making it a competition, and if he can win the job at right tackle, I think that's good for the team because then when all of a sudden, if things break down in week seven, week eight, week nine, then it's not, oh, well, now we've got to plug in a rookie and hope for the best who sat on the, uh, the bench and active for eight weeks. Get, get him ready to go. I would, rather see, I would rather see Terrence Steele be the backup swing tackle personally than I would Tyler Smith. Does that make sense? Yeah, I see the angle. I think, to me, I think the Cowboys held their – they feel like they held their competition for Steele last year. And I think they feel like he won the job last year and now it's his and, and the competition is done there. Not that it's, you know, he's at a level of like Tyron Smith where it's that's his job all the time. But I think they just feel like we, we've committed to him and, and, you know, we let Lyle Collins go and we're committing to Terrence Steele as our right tackle. And if we need to evaluate it at the end of the year, fine. But I think for now this year, they're heading into it saying that's his job. They, they let maybe I'm out of place here. They let they let Lyle Collins go because they didn't trust him. Mm-hmm. That's why they let Lyle Collins go. You know, the whole thing with the drug testing, you know, coming in in shape. You know, I mean, he was in great shape last year, but, you know, maybe they're ahead of the game. I mean, his, his salary is not that huge or wasn't that huge. And they, you know, thought, well, we'll play him at guard. And then, but you and I talked to people throughout the year. What were they worried about? The bend. Couldn't bend. Couldn't bend. Couldn't bend. Yep. So now you have the the manipulation of the drug testing stuff, and then you have a player that can't bend, and then you probably got Joe Philbin going, well, hey, man, this kid, you know, we won games with, with Terrence Steele playing right tackle. We won like six games, seven games with him playing right tackle. We could be fine with that. We don't need Lyle Collins. You know, that's the kind of stuff that you just you just worry about. You know, you just worry about coaches making decisions and then all of a sudden those coaches are gone. Mm-hmm. You know, those coaches are gone. I guarantee you if there was somebody else other than Joe Philbin here, I could say this, I could say this with certainty. I'm gonna say this with my chest. I think Lyle Collins is probably still here. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. I think there's a good chance of that. Um, now, like we said, the there were some issues there that weren't totally just related to Steele's presence and Philbin's. I mean, the suspension was a big deal, not just the suspension, but that he fought the initial offer. And by the way, the person advising him to fight that initial offer and then ultimately getting suspended longer was Peter Schaefer, who they had a bad interaction with, with Randy Gregory over the year. And, you know, quickly in the span of about a month, they purged all three players on their roster who were represented by Peter Schaefer. Um, But when we look at this, I mean, obviously we talked already, we referenced there that Tyler Smith and Connor McGovern, that's kind of, I think the highlight point of where the, the competition is on this entire roster, like the starting job that's most up for grabs. I got a couple others that I think we're looking at here. I think wide receiver three is a competition and that'll go into the season because once Gallup is back, it's okay. Tolbert or Washington, who's got that gig. I think you've got right defensive end that that is, I think likely Dante Fowler, but I mean, there could be some, you know, competition there for Dorrance Armstrong or if Sam Williams shows, you know, that he's progressing well, he could be in there. And then to an extent, free safety now they rotate free safety a lot uh, they rotate their safeties in a lot they play three safeties there a lot of times last year you saw three safeties playing over 50 percent of the snaps um and that sort of rotation is also why i didn't really include linebacker because i think while parsons is the the hard one you've got vander esch and and cox and that's three right there but you often play with two so that one's a little more wiggly and tough to like nail down as a competition but brian do you think we're on the right track there's those are the starting jobs that are up for discussion really are left guard wide receiver three right defensive end and free safety did you not think about three technique at all i did but i feel like i looked at both the defensive tackle spots but i I felt like man i think there is a little bit of a default here to gallimore and odigizua i think and so I, I even though there yeah. may be, I, I think it's as much of a competition as potentially center is. Um, but See, I, I, okay. I don't know how much they're actually going to push Biotish. Okay, then then they're sending us a message about Dan Quinn getting getting Golston ready, Chauncey Golston mm-hmm. to play three technique. Yeah, something's going on there. Yeah. You don't move a guy that you would think is the backup. I would think that the closest thing to the type of player you have at left end would be Chauncey Golston. I, I I don't think he's a dynamic pass rusher, but I think he plays the run really, really well at the point of attack, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm kind of interested why they would move a potential backup to Tank Lawrence to three technique. They, you know, is something going on there with, with Tristan Hill, we kind of feel like this might be his last campaign mm-hmm. unless something happens. You know, we you've mentioned, uh, you know, you've also mentioned, uh, you know, some of the uh, with Oso Diggy Zawa. You've mentioned him, Gallimore. as well. I I don't know. I think I think that they're trying to tell us that 
let's play a couple of guys. Let's play three guys at the three technique and see which one of these guys really, really shows up. The Neville Gallimore, I'd love to believe that Neville Gallimore is going to be a guy that's going to step in and be a real difference maker. The problem is every time I do that, he gets hurt (laughs) or something happens. It's a knee. It's an elbow. Something happens to where he's not in the picture. And I think that they're worried about that spot. I really, really do. I think the right defensive end, I think you're on to something there for sure. Fowler, I kind of feel like that they're going to see Fowler maybe as a specialist. Mm -hmm. You know, does – does the Armstrong, DPR, the DPR, does the designated Armstrong, pass rusher. Yeah, yeah. Does Armstrong, does, uh, you know, Williams, do those guys get the lion's share of the work? And then the third down, say the, the nickel rusher, designated rusher, could that be Fowler? Could that be, could that be, uh, you know, Parsons? You know, yeah. I think as, as much as I've liked to watch the defensive line practice, I think they've got the best combinations of guys of all the positions that we're dealing with right now. A lot of things to consider here uh, just with the, the starting positions, how the rotation will go. And a lot of times, as we know, I mean, who's starting is, is a little bit trivial compared to who's getting most of the reps or who's playing when and where. Um, and, and so I think that, you know, when we talk about starter, we're just talking about basically like who are, are your guys, maybe not who's starting the game, but it's like Fowler in there getting the reps when the game matters at right defensive end. So that, that's more of what we're talking about. Uh, Bobby Belt here with Brian Broaddus on Love of the Star. As a reminder, the Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast and can be found on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.